Well, sounds good. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! gentlemen it's the stinky paws podcast and as you can gather we have been here quite a while before we've turned these microphones on <laughs> i'm scott with me is paul and charlie hello boys good afternoon <laughs> evening whatever it is good evening hello we, we're sort of in the middle of three euro 2021 matches at the moment we've just watched germany stonk portugal 4-2 there's another match coming up so we're going to be trying be as quick as possible to get this one out. Gotta try and squeeze it in, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> no loop or anything. Hey, you both been all right? Um, yeah. A bit mm-hmm. pissed, yeah, to be honest. A bit pissed. Yeah, get in there. Um, <laughs> really? Still, Already? still <laughs> livid about the England game last night. <clears throat> the England Scotland nil well, nil. Was it a game? Yeah. Well, you know, Gosh. fair play to Scotland. Yes. I mean, they they go on about the fact that you know they've got what ten. We've got 10 times more the population than them. <laughs> and it is quite impressive when you consider that half of them uh, actually live in London shop doorways as well. So. <laughs> now, we're enjoying the football. It's nice to see crowds as well at the games again at last mm. because that's been the thing that's missing for me this yeah, last season. Lifeless, just, isn't it? There's no atmosphere, was there? It's this just fake crowd noise. Yeah. It's like it's always about two or three seconds behind as mm. well. Mind you, Millwall must be... Used to that. What, no atmosphere? <laughs> no, fake crowd noise. Sorry, 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 the uh, Camp Nou down the road at Gillingham. <laughs> Priestfield is a I, bedlam of noise. <laughs> I, I honestly haven't missed going to football because yeah. it's actually quite nice not having to watch me all on a sort of bi weekly basis, to be honest. <laughs> We've had a year off. Basically, yeah. it's all going to go back to normal next year, as far as I, we're I renewed my season to get the day before the final game of mm-hmm. the season, in which we lost six one to Coventry. So I thought, mm. right. so it could only get better. That was your attitude. You, you, we were up here that day, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's in any other sort of stage of the season, I'd have been really pissed off. But mm. it's that on the beach sort of last game thing it's just sure I thought he said on the beach then as well, as well. on the beach N- oh he did I thought, I thought he said yeah sorry he did say on the beach yes oh Neil okay. shoot Neville shoot Neville shoot Neville shoot Neil Young did on the beach <laughs> on the album didn't he yeah. I thought Neil shoot was Mills sort of <laughs> had a drink shoot. have we yeah <laughs> Yeah, on the beach. That was a Gregory Peck movie from the fifties. Nice, yeah. based on the novel. Based on the novel, yes. About the end of the world, isn't it? After a yeah. nuclear. War. And he wrote a town called Alice as he well. Did as well, Neville Shoot. Yes. Sure, sure. Yeah, there you go. See, despite the fact we spent an afternoon <laughs> drinking together, guys, we still focused enough that yep. we can get some movie trivia somewhere. And literary discussion. Yeah. Um, today's movie. 
was my choice for you two, and I thought it's got to go back to classic age Hollywood, golden age sort of stuff, and it's 1940, the Philadelphia story. I'm going to get some mixed reactions from both of you, because I can tell by both of your faces, just I'm not too sure exactly where this is going to go. Let's play the trailer. We'll be back after this. Trailer! 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 No, you're slipping red. I used to be afraid of that look. The withering glance of the goddess. I didn't think that alcohol would... Do- oh, shut up. Dinah, stay here. Oh, please, Mother. Maybe he's going to soccer again. It's what everybody feels about you. It's what I first worshipped you for from afar. George, listen. First... Now and always. Only from a little nearer now. Hey, darling? I don't want to be worshipped. I I want to be loved. Someday over the rainbow, way up high. What is this, Connor? Oh, easy, easy, old man. She's not hurt? No, no. Not wounded, sir, but dead. Seems the minute she hit the water, the wine hit her. Now, look here, Connor. A likely story, Connor. Hello, Dexter. Hello, George. Hello, Mike. You have a good mind, a pretty face, a disciplined body that does what you tell it. You have everything that it takes to make a lovely woman except the one essential, an understanding heart. And without that, you might just as well be made of bronze. And the night that you got drunk on champagne and climbed out on the roof and stood there naked with your arms out to the moon, wailing like a banshee. I told you I never had the slightest recollection of doing any such thing. What in the name of all that's holy am I to do? Tracy. Yes, Mike. Oh, Parson, Parson, he's never seen Kidridge before, has he? Now, look, I got you into this thing and I'll get you out of it. Will you marry me, Tracy? Okay, guys, The Philadelphia Story, released in 1940, directed by George Cukor. Try saying that with your mouth shut. George Cukor, starring Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and Jimmy Stewart. The plot, this classic romantic comedy, focuses on Tracy Lord, a Philadelphia socialite who's split from her husband, C.K. Dexter Haven, due both to his drinking and to her overly demanding nature. As Tracy prepares to wed the wealthily George... The wealthily? <laughs> you went a bit Elmer Fudd there. <laughs> as, as Tracy prepares to wed the wealthy George Kittredge, she crosses paths with both Dexter and prime reporter Macaulay Connor, played by Jimmy Stewart, unclear about how her feelings for all three men, Tracy must decide whom she truly loves. Charlie and I are fully aware of this movie, having reviewed High Society a million years ago. Yep. It was ages ago, wasn't it? It's to the point where I couldn't even use it as like a reference because I need to watch High Society again, mm-hmm. I think. So it wasn't like uh, I knew the nuances of the plot here that well. Yeah. Then again, I've seen High Society probably three or four times since we reviewed right. it. Um, Paul, who probably hasn't seen High Society, and I'm taking nope. it, this is your first time watch of Philadelphia. Your first time watch, Charlie, yep. Philadelphia? Yeah. It is exactly the same. 
High Society is exactly the same as Philadelphia Story, just with musical interludes. And slightly Eve, different names, I think, isn't it? There's a couple of different. But C.K. Dexter Haven, Tracy, they're all, they're all the Tracy's same. Tracy's called Samantha in High Society. Her middle name is Samantha in of Philadelphia Story. Of course, Jimmy Stewart mentions it, doesn't he? How he knows that, I don't <laughs> understand, because he's a journalist who's turned up the day before. Yeah. Sure. Slammed. <laughs> but because it was based on a play... Even some of the lines are exactly the same, uh, just with these musical interludes, because it's got Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra in higher society. So obviously you're going to have a lot of bloody music, even Louis Armstrong's in it, for God's sake. So I want to know what Paul thinks of this. Before I go to Charlie, I want to know what Paul thinks of this, because Paul's always the difficult one when it comes to golden age. No, you are. I'm, I, I, I'm, I I'm resemble not being... that remark. Yeah, you no. resemble? <laughs> You resent it. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm resemble not being horrible. Okay, you, resemble, you resemble a f- turn of phrase. That's <laughs> not being horrible, but you are always... It's always difficult with you when it gets to a classic Hollywood golden age thing. It's going to be... Can well, I just interject as well? When yes. I watch these films, genuinely one of my considerations is what is Paul going to make of it? Because it's like you're, mm. you're sort of watching a lot of these Crypto style of films. <laughs> yeah. Or just to experience films of this era and genre for the first time. So mm. it's like... I'm, I, I've, I've done all right so far. Yeah, it's, no. It's, but it, it can be hit and miss. Mm. Look, right, for example... Mildred. Mildred Pierce compared to Singing in the Rain. Oh, singing in the Low rain and was, high. Basically, yeah. a low and a high for you there. Um, what was the... Uh, Sabrina, you loved... Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just brilliant. trying to think of a lower one that probably you did, but you know it can be a bit of a bit of a minefield. I'm becoming more inclined to watch them and mm. more. But if you did, we wouldn't fucking let you. Of them. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of surprised you chose this so recently Why? Why? after doing Sabrina. I know there's like yeah, 14 and we years different. Catch a thief as well, which is there's also the the Jimmy Stewart thing because we did Rope with the other boys as well. You Patrick know. Hamilton. Mm. So. It is my favourite era, as you know that you yeah. know that golden era of Hollywood, and, and I've been starved of it recently. I'm understanding so. why it's your favourite era. Mm. I'm not saying all of the films within that are no, and I'm not going to say they're all diamonds in the. You know, it's a nonsense yeah. statement, isn't it? It's like I love 70s cinema, but how can I sit and say that any film from the 70s yeah. is going to yeah. be appealing to yeah. me? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. So, but I, I, I just wanted because I knew that. The next time you choose something, it's going to be something more recent, pretty much. Charlie's will be 70s onwards, possibly. It's my opportunity to just bring in something ancient. Which is fair enough. And I've got to qualify so, that thing I said about Sabrina. Like, There's 14 years difference between the two of them. And cinema in, in 1940 was very different to cinema in 1954 exactly. as well. Yeah. But there are certain crossovers, here, yeah. I feel. Go on then, mate. Over to you. Oh, I didn't watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fucking outstanding if that had been the case. Can, he just watched we, Entrapment yeah. twice. <laughs> like, <laughs> can we put that on the poster? He put a I, black I, and white filter on watch, Entrapment. I didn't watch it five stars, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> well, I finally watched it on my third attempt. Why did it take three attempts, mate? The wanking. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine. Oh, Catherine. Uh, first attempt, I saw about 10 minutes of it and I just wasn't right frame of mind. It was late at night. Mm-hmm. Second attempt, I watched about an hour, hour and a half of it, but sort of fell asleep halfway through. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt and like watched it mid afternoon, wide awake. Yep. The, there's parts of it I really enjoyed. The acting was superb. I can't fault any one of the actors in there. Jimmy Stewart was amazing. Loved when it, when his is character. He? When is he? He, he, he was just so good in it. Um, Cary Grant, I didn't, considering I've seen Cary Grant recently in To Catch a Thief and yeah. that, I didn't like it as him as so much in the film. Is it the character you didn't like or Cary Grant you didn't um, like? I don't know. It was just... It's not the greatest I, introduction to that character. I, I, really. <laughs> to be honest, critiquing it completely was just like, I didn't find the story that great. I, I, it doesn't matter who acted it, what lines you put in, the actual... It's basically a build-up to a wedding, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, here's my ex-husband. This is what I'm going to get married. I'm high society. We've got the press here. How many hijinks can we get out of this yeah, situation? It, <laughs> it just seemed a little bit milked. Okay, I, I can um, see that, Charlie. Can you see that, Charlie? Yeah, saying there. No, that, that's I mean, it is, there yeah. was. I think the plot's fucking dark. Yeah, it, but it's, I'm already aware of what the plot is. Kind it of is. Thing. It is quite a poor plot. Um, with not much happening, as you say, it is just a wedding of someone that's in high society that has been divorced <laughs> is going to marry some someone that's going to be a high politician at some point. And then we've got these reporters chucked in yeah, the mix that are trying to spill the beans. And, and I mean, they make the most of it. I'm not saying it's a poor film. I, I'm just saying the subject matter could have been better. Mm -hmm. um, can't, sorry, can't critique the acting at all, even down to who's the younger sister this was the thing I don't know who played her but if Charlie can cast his mind back to high society she, I had to double check it wasn't the same bloody actress because she yeah. was exactly the same just I, the same precocious child I, I, looked down up to her, I looked up her <laughs> filmography on IMDB yeah. mm -hmm. and she was prolific in the 40s as the child actress oh, right. this, this is probably uh, where we've seen her and like nothing since she didn't do anything as an adult to my Knowledge. I will double check. And Virginia Wheeldler. Yeah, she she you got was, bored of her when she turned sixteen. <laughs> she so. was extremely good at playing the precocious cunt. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I didn't want to go Lydia, there. But yeah, Lydia and her tattoos. Pathetic. But even that was exactly the same in High Society yep. because they sing Lydia the tattooed lady yep. in that sort of performance that they do, pretending mm -hmm. that they're bonkers and all of that. I mean, the right some of the lines in it, some of the. The comebacks, especially from uh, Cary Grant, mm. are fantastic. There's there's some real bitchy comments sort of slid in there in, in just the dialogue. Um, there was one about um, when he was talking to Jimmy Stewart's character and, and he said... Um, Oh, I thought all writers were drunken wife beaters. That's yeah. my favourite line and, and in the film. He, he turned around and said, said to his ex-wife, said, I thought about becoming a journalist at one point. Yeah. <laughs> this is because he's based on a play. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's because he's that Well, very much like even the film, 
I mean, it was the, the, it was the, it was only set in like the house or the pool area, and that was it. There's there was, one scene in the, the library, isn't they, it? They didn't spend millions on location, did nope. they? Did you <laughs> notice the quality of filming was affected when they were in the exterior locations as well? It like, did actually look a bit different. Didn't yeah, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a, and certainly on the close-ups, um, there was like soft focus on the women. Oh, so as, much of as it, always. yeah. Um, I won't say I didn't enjoy the film. I I didn't enjoy it as much as the recent ones of that kind of era that we've watched. Okay. Um, but that was purely to do with the story uh, and the plot of the film rather than the acting. I thought, say, the acting was faultless from any character in there. There's some extended bits of dialogue that are sort of unnecessary as well. It- I mean, if it kept to that snappy sort of like the trio mm. of of like Stuart, Grant, Hepburn, brilliant. Yeah, it would capture your, you know, attention all the way through. Yeah. But then when it drifted off to like bits with the, the new husband or whatever, yeah. um, I, I, I found those. I mean, I've seen this five, six times now. But even watching this again this morning, it was like, oh, actually, it's one hour fifty. I was expecting a yeah, ninety-minute movie again. It's almost know? like they wanted to pad it out a bit, and probably because it was it's a play. Say a play, it's a play. They yeah. probably done two fifty-minute, one-hour sets yeah. break in the middle, obviously. Yeah. Um, and apparently, from the play, they took out one character, a female character from the play, um, just to try and bring in the stars. So focus more on those. Yeah. Yeah. I say, I when I finally sat and watched the whole film, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it did make me laugh a few times. But this title of romantic comedy was like thin. Okay. Okay. It, it, it was more, you could tell that one, it was a play first. Yeah, definitely. And and also, when I obviously knew about um, High Society and it mm. being turned into a musical, and you could tell at parts that you thought, oh, a song would go well here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it was waiting for someone to burst in. Somebody the, had, the sun will come yeah. out tomorrow. <laughs> Somebody had that yeah. idea, mate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wish that little girl ended up being an orphan. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, as if by magic, here's Charlie. Come on, mate. This is your f- amazingly your first time watch then, because I yeah. think you may have picked up on this at some point. I remember when we reviewed High Society. One of the few things I remember vividly about it was wondering why on earth mm-hmm. this remake had happened, and it's only now seeing Philadelphia Story that I kind of get it deserves that musical. Yeah, dream. it deserves it mm-hmm. absolutely. But um, I kind of, to a certain extent, I see what Paul's saying. Like first ten minutes or first five minutes, I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh, I might not, I'm not sure here." Oh, yeah. right, okay. But then after that, I just thought it's absolutely tremendous. Brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. but largely for the reasons that you sort of pointed out, is that I just think it's the razor sharp dialogue and mm-hmm. the wit of the film that just carries mm-hmm. it. I think Hepburn's performance is exceptional. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely exceptional. Yeah. Obviously, I love Jimmy Stewart, and I'm I'm probably unqualified to talk about Jimmy Stewart's performances because there's a bias there. Whenever I, I love the guy, so it's like I'm never going to criticise him anyway. Cary Grant, I get what you're saying, but mm. you know we've had discussions about actors like Sean Connery and Michael Caine, and I'm not 
necessarily being as denigrating towards Cary Grant as that. But I feel Cary Grant can get away with just being Cary Grant on the screen, yeah. regardless yeah, yeah. of the role. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just, just loved it in yeah. the end. I always love a film where you're not sure in the first few sort of scenes. Yeah, I, I say then, very much like you, the, especially the first 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is, this feels like it's going to be hard work. I think, I think they going? crammed a lot into that first 10 minutes mm. though as well to yeah. set up the, the necessary context. Yeah. And I thought this is a really sort of interesting film to me because it's like there's no room for anything superfluous. It, it's this is going to be really economic. Like it, there's going to be no flab to this. It's mm. only when the film reaches later stages that it kind of slows down a little bit yeah. and people aren't speaking rapidly at one another. Well, the thing is because as the film develops, it is the trio, right? We know that it is the trio there. But as you said, in that first 10 minutes, we get the female photographer, we get the new husband, we get the editor of the of the magazine, we think, hang on, yeah. is he going to be part of it later on as well? We then get the younger sister, we get the mother, the father, the uncle, you know, yeah. they're all brought in and you're like, okay, where's this going to go? And, and like you said, Paul, it's a very bizarre subject to devote one hour of 50 of Appara movie times. Apparently I was reading that back in the 40s it was still politically sort of incorrect to talk about divorce in yeah. films. It must have been taboo in general so, still. Mm. Though the only way they could bring it into movies was to have someone remarry the person that they'd got. got. Right. Yeah. And that's the only way that the sort of broadcasting companies of the time could would allow... Away. That divorce to even be mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, because there's one point, isn't there, where um, the, I apologise for getting the name, but the, the female photographer mm. is actually a divorcee herself, and yes. Jimmy Stewart remarks on the fact that, well, you well, never, well, you told, never told, me, told me, but it's like, <laughs> but the, the implication is that she doesn't want to broadcast this yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Like, it's, it's, it's a real kind of. Oh, yeah, it'd be very, and again, it's that sexist thing of, it doesn't matter to a man if he's been divorced but if a woman's been divorced then that in high society she's tainted it, yeah mm. it it it's not seen as there is quite movie. a lot of sexist content in this oh, film and that's not but me, then that's the 40s isn't that, it? that's not yeah. me being sort of like um part of the white brigade or whatever you want to call it and anyone who calls me a snowflake i'll bite your fucking nose off and you see how much <laughs> yeah, of a snowflake yeah, i'll melt all over yeah, you you can't <laughs> like, oh, no need for that but um there, there are remarks in there where, like in the public library about um connor's saying to no not connor, it is connor isn't it jimmy stewart's connor mccauley 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 that's all i can hear mccauley Culkin. yeah and he bench because he encounters um, Tracy reading his book. I'm sorry, just before that, where he meets the librarian. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she speaks in like yeah, blooming Shakespearean, Ch Shakespearean <laughs> sort of like, yeah, the Miller's Tale. And it's just the look he gives her, and then he just forsooth is there a toilet? Yeah, that means it. <laughs> it's great. But that that's the point at which the film starts to breathe, and you get the the mm. unnecessary jokes to Brilliant. just that's like, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, that's the turning point. That I think Jimmy Stewart, Stewart brings more humour in it 
than Cary Grant, and that's what surprised me because you're from what expecting I've seen Cary, of Cary Grant. Grant yeah. I expect him to be a bit more yeah, humorous. Definitely, he was more sarcastic and snidey yeah. than than anything else. But I like when I didn't like it. I sort of thought it was quite bad when Jimmy Stewart says to Hepburn. Women like you shouldn't read my books. Then you start thinking, and it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's unchallenged as well. Because I I think it's fair enough to put that kind of line in the film if it's then challenged. Yeah. And I suppose it is in the fact that she is reading it, and she's this is about like a personal journey for her in that short space of time about her learning about herself mm-hmm. and realizing that you know you you need to because the father says you know. If you haven't got a heart, you're just someone who's made of bronze. Yep. Yeah. Well, she's been put on such a pedestal by her family mm. and just by the high Absolute society. product of our environment. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mental. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I I was very unsure about where it was going. Mm. But then I also was aware of the sheer amount of acclaim that this film had, and I thought, yeah, Scott's not going to let me down here. <laughs> like. I, I, would I bring a piece of shit to this table, mate? It's, 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 it, it, <laughs> oh, <sorry>. Again, <laughs> that's open to debate. If you want to go down that I'm, road, yeah, I, Pierce, I loved mate. Mildred Pierce. I loved Mildred Pierce. Um, Jimmy Stewart, my favourite actor, as you guys are fully aware. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Oscar-winning performance, yeah, but not I, necessarily the one that he deserved to win the Oscar for, perhaps. Again, as we were saying about other actors who mm-hmm. they get it at the wrong time mm-hmm. in their career. I, I did find that if it wasn't for him in this film... Oh, you're going to get it, a bit lost with it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it would have been quite dull, um, quite... Even with the snappy dialogue? Yeah, like, I, I'd say they're... I enjoyed Cary Grant's rapport with Tracy, mm. um, and it was a main part of the film, the fact that they, they almost love to hate each other. Yeah. Um, but without... Jimmy Stewart, I think this film would have been lost. I think Jimmy Stewart's perfect for this film because in one fell swoop he can demonstrate compassion and emotion and then make you laugh straight away as well. Like he's got that he's got that physical humour about mm. him and the kind of lankiness and the yeah. absurdity, but then he can be very serious at, at the the kind of at the right time, coin. Exactly yeah. at the right time. Yeah. One of the funniest scenes is when they first turn up at the house. And they and they go through and they're introduced. It's the South Parlour. Yeah. And he says, oh, the Queen will be taking tea and honey, you know. Yes. Yeah. And then they find like another room and yeah. they go through. South East, North North East Parlour or yeah, something right. like that. Yeah. And then they go into another room and it's like all the wedding presents are laid out and there's this like servant or butler or something hiding in the corner you don't notice at first. And he thinks he's stealing the spoons. <laughs> yeah. And it's just that physical because he's so gangly anyway. He is, isn't he? Know? Yeah. And, and he does physical comedy as well as the, the vocal stuff, which is why I've always loved him. You know, you know my admiration for that guy. And as I say, not necessarily the performance that he should have won the Oscar for, but I'm glad he bloody got it. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and to have him performing with Cary Grant as well, which is one of my other favourite actors. It's a treat, isn't it, to it have them is. both on screen? And, and also, for me, I was never fully aware of how good Catherine Hepburn was. Oh, she she, she, she was. just absolutely flourishes until, until in I'd that. Until I'd seen this movie. You know, previously, it was like, oh, I found her a bit annoying previously. She's a bit one. annoying at times in this, yeah. but it's the, the journey that the character goes on mm. that makes her more mm. sympathetic, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah, she becomes more human as the yeah. film yeah. goes on. The strange thing is, as I'm watching it, I, I was thinking I could see Grace Kelly in that role, which... It's, it's was, a was in high society. It's a replica, though, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, she she is very, very natural. All the acting throughout is not forced. It's not... You don't ever think... I thought oh, it may have been like, forced early on. It looked like it might have started being forced. But mm. then, as I say, the film starts to breathe after a certain yeah. point, and then it just becomes a lot more... As you get to know yeah. the people but, and the but characters. But then Hepburn had played this in theatre mm-hmm. for 200, 300 <laughs> oh, shows. So she so actually played Tracy yeah, then. Yeah. Right. They, or she, she got Howard Hughes to buy the rights to it. And on the understanding that she would play the lead Got role. You, yeah, but that wasn't an uncommon thing where no. a film would be based on a, a play and they would just... Yeah, and it wasn't the... uncommon for a, a benefactor to buy rights to a play or a movie yeah, for right. a particular yeah, actress. Got, yeah. 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 You um, made a point earlier saying that like you're not sure or comfortable with romantic comedy, and I sort of agree with that. I think like... It's quite a satirical film. Mm. It's a bit of a barbed sort of thing yeah. at, at it's, high it's society, more, isn't it? It's more it? snappy and sarcastic than. But it's about, don't forget, like, this is a nation that doesn't have, like, a feudal system and they don't have an ingrained class set up. So, mm. just about anyone in America, if you go along with the American dream shit, yeah. anyone can end up being in yeah. absolute wealth. Yeah. And it's saying about. Your wealth is not what defines you. It's how you treat people and how yeah. you act, yeah, I think. True. So yeah, because they like, mentioned class quite a lot absolutely. throughout, didn't they? Well, a bit like Sabrina did. Mm. You know, a, the biggest... A good parallel yeah. there, yeah. the, the, big, the biggest snob in Sabrina is the chauffeur. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. nothing's good enough for Because every, everyone thing. feels they've got a stake in this, and if they just pretend to be part of the kind of upper crust, then they are. But the main thing is, is how you treat people and how you behave yourself, yeah. really. So as it develops, I mean, about halfway through, we get the romantic comedy side of things, really, don't we? Because it takes 40 minutes before the Jimmy Stewart character starts becoming mm. involved. and Well, she's quite hostile to him, isn't she, as well? Well, very hostile to yeah. him when he turns up. Mm. But then is that where it becomes a romantic comedy, Paul? I mean, did you see... I know you're not saying it wasn't a romantic comedy, but... No, it's just not as romantic or comedic as... <laughs> as you'd expect as, it to yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, there is a it, definite point where it yeah, but it is though, as, as we said, it's it's more a film about class and the society of that stage in America's history. Mm. Of there's people that are born into money, which obviously she was, and there's people that make money and become part of that. Yeah. Society. It's a new very race sort of yeah. thing, isn't it? Like, so, yeah. so Charlie, is it? Is it like an American Noel Coward? Type it is a play, bit. Isn't it? it is, but I also think it's a bit like being a sh- Tracy. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Oscar Wilde, mate, you've yeah, embarrassed yeah. yourself. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Only about, oh, well. about 60, 70 years too yeah. early or so. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah. but that sort of thing, yeah. is, is it like an American Jane, version? You've not embarrassed yourself. <laughs> an American version of a class play that. Coward would have done, or even Oscar Wilde, as Paul had yeah. quite rightly mentioned. Well shaved, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Dig me out that one. He is, isn't it? I thought I had a theory as well that, based on what I thought was going to happen at the very end, that this is like a Shakespearean comedy where everyone gets Whoa. married off and all the, the yeah. ends are tied up, like yeah. uh, so the, what? very neatly, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. what's good as well the confusion element as well, where the husband, uh, the father, and the uncle exactly are swapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is Shakespearean. Shakespearean to the core. And I think the only thing that stops it being oh, completely 
<laughs> yeah, that, that was bad, weren't it? Didn't need the close-up with it either. Yeah. Like the initial one with his own niece. Yeah. Especially as she's yeah. sitting there. <laughs> I know, yeah. Bloody actually, hell. I was, I was thinking about that. Is that actually a blood uncle or is it someone they call uncle? Yeah, I think well, it was a mate a, of me uncle. Yeah. Yeah. We share bars. I think it was an actual uncle. He was still a Ernie. Pinching your niece's arse, he's pushing it a bit too far. Yeah. But yeah, Shakespeare never done that. That did not well, happen in Macbeth. We know actually probably he was known to he was known to have have his way with him. Oh, <laughs> um, but the only thing that stops it being like Uber Shakespeare mm-hmm. is the fact that uh, the taxi drivers complained. Pretty much, yeah, very relevant. Uh, Connor and I forget the name of the female photographer. I was played by Rook. Was it Bessie? Bessie? Yeah. Uh, oh, Doris. Them, them getting married off as well would have made it totally Shakespearean well, because everyone has, like they, yeah. they did sort of hint towards that she really loves him and like he's just asked this other woman to marry him and she still wants to be with him yeah but like, I don't think she'd like on. it she says yeah. but it, it feels like the, the film is very harsh on her as a character mm. in terms of she's the one who's just left out entirely yeah divorcee sort of um because she's probably because she's a divorcee. Like it's yeah. that thing of you know this is this What's is one of the uh, the actress was Ruth Hussey and it's something Imry Elizabeth Imry. Sure, yeah, I'll no, go with Betty. Betty. There you go. I said Betty. <laughs> Frank Spencer. Um, <laughs> oh Betty. But there is that political slant to it. Like she's a divorcee and she's not for money. Mm-hmm. So fuck her. Don't yeah. really matter what happens yeah. to her. Kind of thing. Political. Mm. So. Is this a strange one for me to bring to the table for you two? I mean, it's, it's a, it's no, a classic, I don't think so. classic stinking pause that needs to be brought to the table. I knew you would one day as well. Eventually it was going to turn up. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. Um, I didn't not enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, I would probably enjoy it more on a second watch well, where I, I know what's going to happen. And I know I'm not trying to be analytical of it. And, and working out the pace of it. As yeah. Well. Mm. Um, Good. That's, that's I, I say that the, the, three, yeah. the three main characters are absolutely amazing. You'd, would you not have felt shortchanged, though, if like a, a film yeah, with that cast and they all underperformed? Oh, oh yeah, you <laughs> would. Wouldn't You'd be yeah. furious, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Then again, like I would not have brought it to the table then. If I said to you there was a film that starred Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart, Catherine Hepburn, but it's shit. I'm going to bring you to the table. You know, you'll be like, well, why am I doing that? Yeah. There is something in this that, personally, for me... Yeah. It's not his um, girl for day. <laughs> no. Oh, dear God, no. Um, you haven't seen that, have you? No. That's not coming to the table at any time. Well, all the best lines have reviewed that fairly recently, that haven't so they, with Tom? If you've not listened to that, Paul, they're reviewing mm. His Girl Friday. Don't watch. Even, don't even watch the movie. Just listen to the guy's review of it. It's so funny. Cary Grant is worst. Well, no, oh, I wouldn't say that, but... Um, it's, the film isn't the there. Film. The film isn't there for him. You know, can it. Only... It, you can be the best actor in the world, but if you're, you're trying to recite a shit script, then yeah. you're going to fail, aren't you? Yeah. But I'm, I'm getting the sort of feedback now that, okay, you know, this is like a middling movie, possibly like quite, quite a bit better than middling, actually. I, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. If, if I was to sort of put a score on it I'd probably say about a 7 at this stage I might go back and watch it and sort of raise it to an 8 or something but um, first time watch all the way through 
Um, so I struggled a couple of times, but that was due to some, some films you will. It depends on the time of day, what mood you're in, how tired you are. Yeah. Um, and, and you might hate a film for the wrong reasons. I'm not yeah. sure you'd have finished it if you didn't have to watch it either. If it wasn't probably for this not. purpose. I, I probably yeah. would have given up after the second effort. Um, because the second effort, I did watch a good hour, hour and 20 minutes before I fell asleep and I, I couldn't, Again, I couldn't criticise the acting, but I just thought, where's the plot? Where, where's the actual yeah. story? I always think, in this and, film? Uh, and it sounds a bit patronising to people, but it's like it's difficult to watch a film from 1940 with the same eyes as you would with like something more. I know it sounds mm. like a really obvious statement, but this is not, we're not even talking Sabrina era, we're talking 19 fucking 40 yeah. when. Yeah. Hollywood is in its golden yeah. age. But the world still, is at war. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So things were totally different, yeah. And, yeah, I just, I mean, I had similar concerns, as I say. Mm. It's just the fact that after a certain stage in the film, it got to the point where I couldn't actually believe that one minute and fifty, uh, one hour and 50 minutes had passed. It, it yeah. just, oh, it just right, actually yeah. flew by yeah, for the, me. The, 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 I, I agree. The first half hour, three quarters was a bit of a drag but after that you, you just enjoyed watching it yeah mm-hmm. uh, and it, it had a much better pace and it it was much better written right than than the first and of course you've got to have that first bit just to, to establish context but yeah, i can imagine a lot of people over the last 80 years who've watched this film have lost interest before they've got to that part. Okay, but then can you imagine like the viewer's response to this in nineteen forty or whatever? Mm. Wow, it's Cary Grant. It's all you hear. It's a play yeah. they've all, already probably seen as yeah, well. And it's so like, bang, this is the the movie of the year, the movie yeah. of the like the decade for them because uh, and I mean they they delayed the release of the movie for a year because it was still touring in the theatres yeah that makes sense so, it must have been a Sabrina, sensation yeah, already yeah. it's yeah. a bit like if they made a live action version of Hamilton now yeah, yeah. I mean they know that the, there's going to be stunning box office returns from people who already flocked to see the musical yeah. like that's yeah. what they capitalise on isn't but it but then you lose the revenue from the theatres yeah. yeah because yeah, Sabrina is that yeah. the same yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, they mentioned they... that before didn't we well I think that's an all round resounding success guys I, I think so I, I'm I'm glad I watched it yeah. I'm, I'm glad I know what it's about I'm uh, it's another Cary Grant film off my list but mm-hmm. more importantly to me um, was more of a better introduction to Jimmy Stewart who oh, I've seen good. little okay. of yeah. and, okay. and I would love to see more of him there's plenty oh, more where oh, that comes oh, from oh, yeah. <laughs> if me and Scott have anything to do with it <laughs> Where do we start? Well, I, I, one thing with Jimmy Stewart for me is I haven't touched any of the westerns, and there's yeah, enough of them. Stuff as well, there's yeah. enough of them. See, I can't. I'm struggling to see his accent in a western. It, no. It's it's like right, okay, there's, it, there's there's the five. Scott's, I can see Scott's sort of like mind work. Where is that? Selfie. Where is the accent from? Mid Midwest. Mid- it is. It, we we, we mentioned about. Well, we mentioned about Sean Connery at one point about um, that is not an accent typical of anywhere. It's yeah, such a unique it's, voice it's that everyone tries I've, to impersonate. I've not heard. I mean, everyone I know Jimmy Stewart's voice and accent from, as you say, impersonations more Come than over anything. Come here by the fireworks, yeah. <laughs> but it's like 
trying to place Merry Christmas Emporium in a point in America is very difficult, isn't it? Because you can tell people from Alabama and from like the South. You can can tell people from New York and you can tell people from California. It's similar to here though, isn't it? It's like and this sounds really fucking elitist to say. But you get people that are from areas that have got a very specific, distinguishable accent, like Birmingham or Liverpool. But if they've but if they've gone but if they've gone through the public education system, they are taught to dispense of that um, regional accent so I'm sure it would have been the same in we, America we, we do a film club at work over Zoom since lockdown you know we just tried to do snuff it. yeah we, that's the next one no but we did Notorious the um, Alfred Hitchcock one with Cary Grant nice and there's a lot of younger part- participants of this group who'd never seen a Hitchcock movie never seen a Cary Grant you know and it's you know, totally a new world to them and when I told them that Cary Grant was born in Bristol they yeah. were like, oh my God. I wish my mum told me that. My mum told me that. I was yeah. shocked. Did you know that he donated his entire Kidneys. fee? Oh, <laughs> his entire fee, $137,000 yes. from this film yeah. to the British war he did. Yeah. thing. He ends up donating an organ to Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> <in this>. Hey! <laughs> For the second, well, um, far more than the second time. Yeah, uh, you need to talk to Adam about the whole Cary Grant thing. Yeah, uh, I think he knows a little bit he more He knows than us. a little bit. Well, I'm, I've, I've got about six biographies of Cary Grant. I've read every single one, and his story is absolutely fascinating. She was great in Fame Academy, though, Cary Grant, I thought. <laughs> Mate, married, married to David. The geezer were out of links. <laughs> so this is romance. That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah, the, imagination. The heir to the deodorant fortune, yes. Um... <laughs> Totally on the tangent. Um, where are we going? Pennsylvania, by the way, Jimmy Stewart was born in. Oh. Pittsburgh? Yeah. I think he was. <laughs> so, uh, the Jimmy Stewart movies are going to come flying. In regard to the Westerns, the Anthony Mann Westerns are probably the pinnacle of Winchester 73 three. and Bend of the River and Broken Arrow. There's, there's about five of them, I think, in the I've, I've just never even thought about approaching the westerns watch them in sequence although it doesn't have to be because they're not related it just doesn't seem like it'd be conducive and I know I'm talking bollocks because that's a celebrated aspect of his career oh, God, but if you've not seen them it's very I'm hard to visualise yeah I'm there's, not a huge western was he in fan. Who Shot Liberty Valance or mm-hmm. was he in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance was late that was 60s early 60s with John Wayne yeah mm. and it's in black and white but Go back to the Anthony Mann westerns, like you said, Winchester '73, Broken Arrow, all those sort of things. Um, we go, oh, Broken Arrow. At Christian Bale and John Travolta. Yeah, not that one. Uh, not Christian that one. Slater. Slater. I can't do it as well as Adam. <laughs> Christian Slater. <laughs> uh, you'll be surprised. I know you don't like westerns. No, I don't. Not like them. I just they feel a bit stuffy. I, I think sometimes. I think the same. from the, the same. from the age that Scott he says and I that are, about other ethnicities. <laughs> we just got absolutely swarmed with them when we were kids because yeah. it was like 
Saturday, Sunday, BBC, nothing else on. We'll stick a Western. I would, yeah. I would argue with the Western though that it's because it was such a successful formula. It is easy to replicate, mm. but the key is to find the right one to watch, oh, and then yeah. your perception will change dramatically. Mm, yeah. So once upon a time in the West, oh yeah, not so much the first two dollars trilogy, but yeah. certainly the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah there are sin unforgiven, which is. There, there, really there were just certain high points of it that kind of, for I'd say for every great Western, there were probably ten appalling ones. Yeah, so that's yeah. the issue. And that, like, that's it because they did milk it back yeah, then because it was one. It was cheap to make because they they had Monument Valley, which was used for most of them. Uh, it was just a natural landscape for yeah. them, and a lot of it's political, sort of. You know, it's making the the Americans feel a bit better about how yeah. they seized what they. Seized, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the trick would be to pick a decade and then say to Paul, like, there's two westerns from that decade or three westerns. But I would then also say, don't go back to the 30s just yet if that's the start of your journey. Yeah, don't do stagecoach or something. Start about the 40s or the 50s. The 50s with the Jimmy Stewart ones would probably Mm. be a good starting point. And then sort of have Shane in there or Searchers as well, Charlie. You know, even though it's quite... High noon, definitely. Searches, search, yeah, well, perfect for you. <laughs> Just, I mean, John Wayne had a real bugbear with that film, didn't he? Because he saw it as like almost like communist propaganda. Yeah. He's, 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 he's definitely got some real undertones, overtones, whatever. That, yep. It's one of my favourite <laughs> teenage no, kids. I was going to say, <laughs> Global Sharky in the background. <laughs> <laughs> He's singing got a good art. Singing Do Not Take Me Oh My Darling. Yeah, Fergal Sharky. Oh no. <laughs> um, but we, we could probably select a dozen movies, you know, Western movies for you that would might change your perception a little because as you said, in the seventies and eighties it was the higher chaparral, it was all these mm, bloody Bonanza. Yeah, it was always did, on. Didn't uh, Tarantino um, make the point as well that before he does finish as a director he wants to make one more western because in his mindset you have to make three yes in order to be considered a western, western director like john ford or yeah him. yes you have to have awesome. the trio of them at least yeah, and he's and done he's, hateful eight and Django um, unchanged yeah. Django. So he did want to do one more yeah we don't normally do ratings but i'm intrigued just to see exactly you're saying seven out of ten Paul? yeah yeah good, Which seven. Is good for you that's, that's yeah. nice that's a nice uh, and I say that's first that. watch. I do believe that if I watch this again, without I wouldn't say the pressure, but without that looking over me that I'm going to be reviewing it for a podcast, I'd probably enjoy it a little bit more. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I reckon you'll get a lot more out of it in the second one. Absolutely, Charlie. Very solid date with the potential to move up to a nine based yep. on subsequent viewings. Yep. Maybe just just a real sort of brilliantly executed film. I think. Yeah, for me, I'm going to say a nine because it's not my favourite Jimmy Stewart, but also it's a bloody great Jimmy Stewart performance. It's not my favourite Cary Grant, but again, it's a bloody great Cary. It's Grant a lesser film with different actors in mm. those roles. Yeah, yeah it, it's great actors in a substandard plot it's almost a perfect storm of actors in an imperfect plot mm. almost I don't know I'm sure I just to... said that yeah. <laughs> no it's, it's that thing though isn't it it's <laughs> but it is though isn't it it's the perfect yeah. trio yeah absolutely but the plot 
from your point of view, is lacking yeah, it's something. Just some oomph missing from it. Yeah. Some some kind of finale that's missing, other than the fact that you saw all along that she weren't going to marry the you know wet on fart the that she was engaged to. You know that on the edge, you're going to watch a two-hour movie about a build-up to a wedding. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what the plot is. Yeah. Isn't it? It's basically Mamma Mia in 1940. <laughs> 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 and on that note... <laughs> Let's take a break. I think it's your choice next, mate. Tis. Back in a minute. Hello. Fancy seeing you here. Orange juice? Certainly. Don't tell me you've forsaken your beloved whiskey and whiskies. No, 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 no. I've just changed their colour, that's all. I'm going for the pale pastel shades now. They're more becoming to me. How about you, Mr. Connor? You drink, don't you? Alcohol, I mean. Oh, a little. A, li- a little? And you a writer? I thought all writers drank to excess and beat their wives. You know, one time I think I secretly wanted to be a writer. Dexter, would you mind doing something for me? Anything, what? Get the heck out of here. Oh, my dear Red, I couldn't do that. That wouldn't be fair to you. You need me too much. Would you mind telling me just what it is you're hanging around for? Oh, no, no, no. Please don't go, Mr. Connor. Oh, no, no. Please don't go, Mr. Connor. As a writer, this ought to be right up your street. Don't miss a word. I never saw you looking better, Red. You're getting that fine, tawny look. Oh, we're going to talk about me, are we? Goody. It's astonishing what money can do for people. Don't you agree, Mr. Connor? Not too much, you know, just more than enough. Now, take Tracy, for example. There's never a blow that hasn't been softened for her. Never a blow that won't be softened. As a matter of fact, it even changed her shape. She was a dumpy little thing at one time. Only as it happens, I'm not interested in myself for the moment. Not interested in yourself? You're fascinated, Red. You're far and away your favourite person in the world. Dexter, in case you don't know... Of course, Mr. Connor. She's a girl who's generous to a fault. To a fault, Mr. Connor. Uh, Except to other people's faults. For instance, she never had any understanding of my deep and gorgeous thirst. That was your problem. Granted. But you took on that problem with me when you took me, Red. You were no helpmate there. You were a scold. It was disgusting. It made you so unattractive. Mm, A weakness, sure. And strength is her religion, Mr. Connor. She finds human imperfection unforgivable. When I gradually discovered that my relationship to her was supposed to be not that of a loving husband and a good companion, but... Oh, never mind. Say it. But that of a kind of high priest to a virgin goddess. Then my drinks grew deeper and more frequent, that's all. I never considered you as that, nor myself. You did without knowing it. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, guys, that was the Philadelphia story. I'm intrigued to find out what Charlie's got in store, Paul. I think it's going to be something from the 70s. He's a 70s kid. Correct. Even oh! He's not born in the 70s. He's, yeah, he's, his heart is there. Right at the end of the 70s. Okay. Oh, 78, 79. 79. Mm-hmm. Um, are, we, are we going to guess, are we? No, nope, no. Nope. Oh, right. It's an American musical drama film starring Roy Scheider. All that jazz. All that jazz. I was going to say Jaws the Musical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why 
why are we doing all that jazz? Well, I know it's very acclaimed. Yes. It's got a lot of interesting sort of semi-biographical content in Bob relation to, to Bob Fosse. Yeah. And yeah, just thought... It, Have it, you seen it? No. Oh, good man. And I think I think it's some I think it's something that's not really it's in that category of sort of classic seventies cinema. It won the Palm Door in nineteen eighty. Yep. So I just think, yeah, let's go for it. Have you seen it? Paul, Paul's not seen it. I've seen no. the first ten minutes. Oh, brilliant! Oh. So we're going to go all oh. go into it blind. That's good. It's showtime. Yeah. <laughs> Jazz hands. It's going to be a little bit different because obviously. Paul's only going to know Roy Scheider from Jaws or Marathon Man or... Or what's that underwater thing? Jaws. Deep, deep Quest. <laughs> deep Quest. Seven or six. Oh, that's or really yeah. shit serious, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I don't think it's just purely a musical drama either. It's more of a kind of musical biopic. It's a biography yeah. of Bob Fosse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's not... A traditional musical as such. Stanley it's, Kubrick said that when he first saw it, it was the greatest film he'd ever seen. Wow. What That's high praise. That cunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't mind if it is a musical anyway, but I just think it's in that category of classic 70s films that we've... We missed. We've, we've yeah. sort of glossed over, over no, yeah. No, I like that. Go for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Mate. Yeah. Excellent thing. That's a real contrast from Philadelphia story as well. This is this is what I like because we're all going to bring something different, aren't we? So. Yeah, and I'll come along next time with something shit. Yep. <laughs> Entrapment <checks>. 2. <laughs> Dunstan checks in. Brilliant. I'd be happy with that. Uh, no, it's the sequel, Dunstan checks out. <laughs> it's high on cocaine. The monkey will be dead, so. This has been the stinking pause. I've been Scott. He's been Paul, he's been Charlie. Guys, see you very soon, Tana. See you later. Bye. The management of this theatre suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you feel down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way, my friend When things look black Try positive thinking Treat every season as spring No glancing back Try positive thinking Trust what tomorrow may bring This crazy world that we live in We'll keep on spinning round But with good, strong, positive thinking We'll get together and life won't let us down Shut up, you ugly bitch Oh, shut up, we enjoy it